Please open your Bibles with me to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, where we have the account of the sin of our first parents and the consequences of it with one verse in that hopeless chapter giving us the first prophecy in the Bible of the Lord Jesus Christ, whose death we celebrate in a few minutes at His table. Genesis chapter 3, let me read to you that precious verse in the middle of the chapter, verse 15, the first prophecy in the Bible about Jesus Christ, spoken by the Lord God to the devil. I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Father in heaven, by the mighty power of the Holy Ghost, show us the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ as the seed of the woman to deliver us from all that is found in this third chapter of Genesis. Forgive us our sins, O Lord, for we have shown ourselves indeed to be the descendants of the mother of all living. And we pray that we would live in such a way that we might show ourselves to be the sons of God and the brethren of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us now, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's consider Mary and the mothering of the Son of God for a few minutes as the seed of the woman, because Galatians chapter 4 teaches us that when God sent forth His Son made of a woman. However, we are not going to consider Mary nor her motherhood nor Jesus in any Catholic way. They are so confused and their tradition is so wicked and contrary to the Bible I'll show you in this text how they will corrupt Genesis 3.15 in order to keep their tradition. Genesis 3 contains some of the most profound historical facts, but the world ignores them. Other than verse 15, Genesis 3 is negative and hopeless. Consider it. It's the seed of verse 15 that makes all the difference in this chapter. Most of the questions and confusion that face men can be found in this chapter of true history, or the answers to them can be found here. Let me say some things again that I said earlier this morning. Psychology, the study of man and how he thinks and relates. Anthropology, the study of man, his purpose, his role, his relationship. Social studies of how men get along with each other and other social sciences cannot figure things out because they don't have Genesis 3. So it's a science falsely so-called that we're to avoid, according to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 20 and 21. Consider these things that are found in Genesis chapter 3, and just let the weight of this remind you of how much is in this third chapter. Lying. Why do men lie to each other? Lying has its origination in the human race right here in Genesis 3. Lying, the lust of the flesh, the desire for something that looked like good food, the lust of the eyes, a piece of fruit that looked like it was really attractive, ambition to be more than your role that God has given you, ambition to be like God. 
Snakes on their bellies. Why do snakes slither? All in this chapter. Amen. Spiritual death. Physical death. Guilt. Never seen before in the world. Guilt. Shame. Nakedness. Never seen before. Never understood. Never felt. They had no clothes. They didn't mind it one bit before this event. Clothing standards. They thought aprons. God thought coats. Fear. Hiding from those in authority when you're feeling guilty and ashamed. Blaming others. Oh. Excusing your sin by what others contributed. Aversion to snakes. The vulnerability that a man has to a woman. Sorrow in conception and hard labor. Aggravated rule of husbands over women. Difficulty of making a living. Hopelessness. I kid you not, it's all in Genesis 3. Everything I just said is in Genesis 3. And in the middle of Genesis 3 is the seed of the woman that delivers us from everything in Genesis 3. Praise the Lord for the seed of the woman. And it wasn't spoken to Adam, and it wasn't spoken to Eve. These are words of comfort to God's elect that are able to look back and see what God said to the devil. Brethren, for just a few minutes, let's lift up the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The great God of heaven designed everything that happened in the Garden of Eden for His greater glory and the display of His perfect attributes to the human race and to the angelic race. He, the, the devil, picked on the weaker sex, the woman. We're told that in 1 Timothy chapter 2. That she was deceived by the devil. Adam was not deceived. Adam made a choice. The woman looked like more fun staying with her than with God. But the woman was the weaker sex. The devil picked on her. So the Lord chose to take the woman that the devil had used to destroy the devil. And then the Lord took the woman and the part of her life that God had cursed, that's her childbearing to use her ability to bear children, the cursed aspect of her life, to bring a son, a male seed, into the world that would use the curse of death to destroy the devil. I call that wisdom. That is wisdom. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22 says that the the Jews seek after a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews, a stumbling block. To the Greeks, foolishness. But unto them which are called, what is the gospel? The power of God and the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God to design something that fantastic. You want to pick on the woman? The woman is going to be your enemy, and the woman is going to have a seed, and that seed is going to bruise your head with a fatal wound. And how's that going to come about? By the aspect of her life, I'm going to have to curse and make difficult... And then that seed of hers is going to die, which is what you trapped our first parents in. But by his death, he's going to destroy your power of death over the rest of his elect. That is the glory of God. That is wisdom. What about the power? How about the power of using something cursed to bring a blessing? 
What about the power of a woman, the weaker sex, giving birth to a seed without the help of a man? I'll show you, devil, that I won't even need the help of a man. I'll use the woman and her seed by himself to destroy you and your power over the elect. This is the wisdom and the power of God. I will raise him from the dead, and he'll destroy your claim upon others. Amen. The list that I gave you would need a sermon series to take each one of those and point out that they're in the chapter and that we are delivered from them by the Lord Jesus Christ. But the Lord Jesus Christ delivers us from all that. Praise the Lord. We have need. The list I gave you is, is a list of the dysfunction of the human race, including its death, its sickness, its excusing, its blaming, its hating, its lying, its lust, its problems, its childbearing difficulties, its hard, the hard work it takes to make a living in the world. All those things the Lord Jesus Christ has delivered us from. Amen. You'll be eating from the tree of life in heaven. There's cherubims that were set up here on earth, but there's a tree of life in heaven. And you're going to be able to eat from it and live forever because you're going to be given the gift of eternal life. Any shame that you have ever felt for some degree of nakedness, just think about it, sometime when you knew, usually around the age of five, it gets a hold of children, when you knew that you had too few clothes on and you felt naked, that feeling starts right here in Genesis chapter 3. It starts with sin. They weren't ashamed when they were first naked. God made them naked. There wasn't any reason for clothes. What was there to hide? Enjoy, Adam. Enjoy, Eve. There was, there was no sin. There was no guilt. There was no shame. There was no fear in the world. And it all starts right here. We, listen, there's no psychologist that can explain that. Everything I listed. You know, they ask dumb questions like, where did evil come from? Well, we know where evil came from. It came from Genesis chapter 3. Why does a child know that he's naked at a certain age? Because of sin, Genesis chapter 3. Why do people die? Genesis chapter 3, because of sin. Do you know, how, do you know what wisdom God has given us? Amen. Do you know why we blame others? Genesis chapter 3, it's a consequence of sin. Do you know why we hide when we're in trouble? Instead of running out to get the one in authority and falling at his feet to confess our foolishness and beg for his mercy, we go hide. We try to cover ourselves with vain efforts of deception. Aprons of leaves sewed together. All of that is right here in Genesis chapter 3. Aversion to snakes. Why don't snakes have legs? Because God said, you snake, you're going to have to go in the dust of the earth for the rest of your existence. All that's taught in Genesis 3. You can go to a zoo and read their little plaques all you want. They're going to tell you that 18 billion years ago, you know, some sort of a slippery worm decided that it wanted to live above ground and not grow legs with the rest of the animals. And on and on they'll go. They don't have a clue what they're talking about. Right. Usually it's come up with smoking too much of wacky tobacco or some other weed in order to get high to think of something so ridiculous and our children have to go to school and learn some of that. Just learn it, regurgitate it, get an A, and walk out. And understand that the Bible has the answers to all these things. Amen. Snakes slither because God said you're going to be in the dust for the rest of your existence. Right. Women don't like snakes because of Genesis chapter 3. Every time a woman screams at the sight of a snake, 
the Bible's just been confirmed again. Amen. I mean, the, 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 it's a wonderful book. And the answer to it all is the seed of the woman. And I want to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ and the wisdom of God by picking the weaker sex, the cursed aspect of her existence, and using death itself to conquer death. Hello? Amen. That is wisdom. Amen. And that is the glory of God. And Lord, we love you and we love your son, Jesus Christ. And we love the seed of the woman that's promised right here, not to Adam, not to Eve, but to the devil. That woman you picked on, she is going to have a seed to bruise your head. And all you're going to be able to do against him is hurt his heel. Because you're down there in the dust where his heel is. You're never going to be able to get up near his vital organs. You're going to be under his feet. Praise the Lord. This is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Rejoice in it. Thank you, Lord, for showing us these things. Any guilt you've ever felt for sin can be traced back to this first rebellious act. Adam, where are you? Silence. Adam! I'm hiding. Why are you hiding? Did you eat the fruit? As if God didn't know. Did you eat the fruit off that tree? Oh. Those S, when we see ourselves hiding or we see a child hiding, where did it come from? It came from Genesis chapter 3. Any fear that you have known for doing something wrong starts right here. Any trouble you've ever experienced, either natural or spiritual, starts right here in Genesis chapter 3. Any death you've ever observed, any death you've ever felt in your body, any death you've seen in your family, right here in Genesis chapter 3. We have the answers. You have the answers, Keith. You know the answers to all those dilemmas that men have. You know them from one chapter. Genesis chapter 3. And there's a deliverer. The seed of the woman. That's why I started out this morning with Colossians chapter 2 verses 15. Verse 15 says that the Lord Jesus Christ spoiled principalities and powers. What do you think he's talking about? The mayor of Greenville? Principalities and powers. He's talking about the angelic world of the devil and his host. And he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. In what? In his death on the cross. In his death on the cross. The Son of Man shall be lifted up and the devil would be cast out. Because the Lord Jesus Christ by his death delivered us from everything the devil could accuse us of. The devil used to be in heaven accusing, he accused Job of just wanting wanting to follow God for the bucks. But as soon as Jesus Christ was in heaven, heaven's not big enough for both of them, the devil was cast out. Revelation chapter 12 tells us that. We are the biological, natural, and legal descendants of Adam and Eve with their heritage. You know, we were talking about a family cycle of sin this morning. This is the human family. And guess what we get from them? We are their biological descendants in that Eve is our mother. Genesis 3.20, Adam called her Eve because she was the mother of all living. We're their natural descendants because we bear their image instead of God's. In some respects, we still have the image of God and our authority over the natural creation. But we have a natural image of them that we're corruptible. And we're shameful and guilty and fearful. And we clothe ourselves to some degree. You'd, You'd be surprised in our generation. We're their natural descendants. We're their legal descendants because God holds us accountable for what Adam did. We are biologically corrupt. We're going to die. And we're dying quickly. 
We are naturally perverse. We do things twisted against God and righteousness. And we are legally condemned by what Adam did for us. His sin was legally charged to our account. We have a depraved nature from what Adam and Eve did so that we love sin more than righteousness. And we're naturally corrupt. We're going to die. We have death in our members. It is working on you right now. Your cells are wearing down. Your bodily processes are wearing down. The whole universe is wearing down. The whole creation is groaning and in travail and pain together until now because of what happened in Genesis chapter 3. But we have a promise. The Lord God said in verse 14 to the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle. At least they get to stand up. And above every beast of the field, some of them get to climb trees. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman. There is a literal sense to those words of the aversion between women and snakes, and there is a spiritual and mystical sense to those words between the devil and the Lord Jesus Christ. I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It, the seed of the woman shall bruise thy head, speaking of the devil specifically and particularly as one individual. And thou, speaking of the devil, shalt bruise his heel. There's a male pronoun, meaning it is referring to a male seed of Eve that would come about, that would, that would have a fatal wound of the, of the devil. A head wound. Shoot him in the head. It works. Shoot him in the heel. It doesn't work. One's fatal, one isn't. This is a metaphor. This is a figure of speech. But this is a prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the Lord raised up, through cursed childbearing, from the weaker sex, a seed that would willingly lay down his life and take on death, and then raise himself back up again to destroy death, so that we can mock death in the grave through the seed of the woman. Without that seed of the woman... There is no flesh, no body for us to break. Without the seed of the woman, there is no blood. Is there someone inside you and you and you with a different blood type than yours? Is that pretty neat? Is your blood and its blood like this close together? Do they cross? You hope not. Isn't that wonderful? You know, we have the Lord Jesus Christ made of a woman. The woman God chose was Mary, the the seed of David, a daughter of David. The Father, the power of the highest, shall overshadow thee, and the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Why is he called the Son of God? Because Mary said, How shall this be, seeing I do not know a man? God will be his Father, and that's why he should be called the Son of God. And that is a doctrine very precious to us. God is not a Son in his divine nature. God is a Son in his human nature. The Son of God. The Lord Jesus Christ. The God-man. Some of you are studying that subject. It's a precious subject. 
Before we leave Genesis chapter 3, I want you to go back to verse 15 and look at it closely. And I'm going to read it to you from the Catholic Bible called the Douay Reims version of the Bible that came out around the time of the King James Version. Follow closely with me and I'll read it to you. I will put enmities between thee and the woman and thy seed and her seed. She shall crush thy head. And thou shalt lie in wait for her heel. Now, people ask, why do you hate Catholics? Because they're so stupid to believe something like that against the Word of God. Like the devil is going to defeat the, like like Mary's going to defeat the devil, and the devil's going to be in conflict with Mary. Mary was in need of a Savior as much as anyone else that has ever lived. The wages of sin was going to pay her the consequences of death, and she needed the gift of eternal life as much as anyone else. I hope you can understand that verse. You trace the pronouns, you look at the figure of speech, a head wound's a fatal wound. The devil's going to be destroyed. The devil's going to do nothing but be a nuisance to the Lord Jesus Christ in the big scheme of things. But it's going to be a male seed. It's not Mary that defeated the devil. It's the Lord Jesus Christ, the woman's seed that defeated the devil. That's why you can go to the world's most unusual university in this city, otherwise known as Bob Jones University, and go to their great cultural collection and museum of religious art where they have nothing but Catholic paganism there hanging on the walls in 18-inch frames and 20-foot pictures so that you can see Mary standing on a snake over and over and over. Mary didn't defeat the devil. The Lord Jesus Christ defeated the devil. Do you know what Mary said about the Lord Jesus Christ that was going to be born of her? My heart doth rejoice in God my Savior. She knew that she needed a Savior as much as anyone. That's what they'll do to the Bible. They have no conscience when it comes to the Bible. Because they have to defend their tradition of worshiping Mary and of praying to Mary ten times more frequently than praying to God, their Father, they'll change the Bible to fit their theology. Mary, are you kidding me? Lord, have mercy upon any souls of your children that are still in that wretched system of religion. And save them out of it. Look at Isaiah chapter 7. The seed of the woman. Isaiah chapter 7. Oh, there was so much in Genesis chapter 3. If you've ever been troubled, if you've ever been in hard labor and you're wondering, they told me I was, only, I was dilated four centimeters three hours ago. Why am I still only four centimeters? I'll tell you why. Genesis chapter 3. But do you know what you ought to be thinking about right then? Is 1 Timothy 2.15. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing. That doesn't mean God's going to save every single woman during her childbearing experience. That means there was a childbearing experience that saves every woman. That's, that's of God's elect. That's the Lord Jesus Christ through the childbearing of Mary. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, and I'm, che- I'm cheating and telling you about it instead of turning you to it because... There's a thing back there telling us we need to hurry. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, women are told to be shamefaced, meek, not dressing up, but showing their character through good works, that they aren't to be teachers, that they're to be silent in the churches, that they're never to show their any authority over a man, because they were formed second. This is 1 Timothy 2.13. 
They were formed second. Adam was formed first. It's a man's world. The woman was made to help the man. It's, it's working down through 1 Timothy 2, 11, 12, 13, 14. The woman being deceived was in the transgression as a vulnerable creature. The man was not deceived. So the Lord tells her she's got to be shamefaced. She's got to be modest in apparel. She's got to be quiet. She's got to learn in silence. She can't show authority over the man because she was formed second. And because she failed in Eden by showing her vulnerability. And if you get discouraged as a woman, then you go to the next verse. It's the last verse of 1 Timothy 2. Notwithstanding... Notwithstanding, in spite of all the negative things I just had to write, Paul wrote about women, in spite of those negative things, notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and holiness and and charity with sobriety. If a woman lives a sober life in faith, holiness, and charity, she's been saved by an event of childbearing, but it's Mary's bringing Jesus into the world, that delivered her from everything from Eden. Because in Christ Jesus, is there any difference between male and female? Is No. Are a husband and a wife equal heirs of eternal life? Amen. Yes. In heaven, is there male and female? No. In heaven, do we marry? No. In heaven, is there any aggravated authority of the husband over the... No. It, Jesus Christ sets all that straight. and It's wonderful doctrine. It's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. What's in Genesis 3 is we're delivered from it by the Lord Jesus, either now or in heaven. Either way, we're going to get rid of every bad thing that is in Genesis 3. Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. This is a powerful sign. This is a wise sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive. What? You know the verse, and so you, you neglect it. A virgin shall conceive. How? Mary understood that that didn't work. How shall this be? In Luke chapter 1. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son that is a male seed and shall call his name Emmanuel, which Matthew one twenty three tells us what it means. God with us. Back to sonship doctrine. God with us by virtue of a birth of a baby to a woman who was a virgin because the conception was granted by the power of God. The Revised Standard Version that came out in 1952 that was endorsed by the National Council of Christian Churches, all the established, respected churches in the world. Do you know what it says in this verse? It says that, Behold, I give you a sign. A young woman shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. It doesn't say a young woman. That is no sign at all. For a young woman to conceive, that's the best time to conceive, is when you're a young woman. It's a virgin shall conceive. Now that's a sign. Amen. That means God is with us. That is something unusual. Right. We, we love our King James Bibles, and you children, you learn to love them and defend them. Right. I'll pull those Bibles out any time you want to see them and put them. But you know what? You don't need me to show you. All you have to do is go home and punch, punch into your Google search box, R-S-V. Isaiah 7.14. And it'll pop right up and show you that. We don't believe that for one bit. Look at that wonderful verse. Therefore the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. The first taste of this was Genesis 3.15. Death 
and dysfunction and trouble and pain and sorrow and excuse and guilt and shame and all that taken away by the Lord Jesus Christ. A virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And that is the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, and His name, one of His names would be Emmanuel. God with us. God on earth, walking among us in close conjunction with the net, the, the human nature of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we call Him the God-man. Right. Praise the Lord. Look, turn over two chapters to Isaiah 9. You know these verses so well. You should know them so well. Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. So we know what kind of a child. It's a male child. It fits the male pronoun of Genesis 3.15. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. He's going to be a ruler. And he's going to bear up all the responsibility of ruling. And his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor. The Mighty God. The Everlasting Father. The Prince of peace because he would make peace by the blood of his cross of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David for he is the son of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this The Lord of hosts would accomplish that. Everything our first parents did in cooperation with the devil to ruin our race and to damn us to hell, the Lord Jesus Christ would undo it. His government would never end. It would continue to increase until it ruled over all things. And the last enemy that shall be put under his feet is death. Will be put under his feet. Feet. Do your feet involve a heel? Thank you. It's not too deep, is it? Under his feet, he's going to grind death into the ground. He raised himself from the dead, and he's coming back to raise us from the dead. We can die in peace and excitement. The Lord's going to come for me and get this body out of the ground. Thank you, Lord. The glory of the woman's seed, the fulfillment, the prophecies of it. The Bible has so much to say. Look at Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. Oh, from the very beginning, the devil was told that his rebellion against God in heaven wasn't going to work. And his conspiracy to come down and corrupt the human race wasn't going to work. All of it by the plan of God to reveal his saving grace through Jesus Christ toward his elect. And there was no Savior provided for the devil and his angels. There was a Savior provided for us. Hebrews chapter 2 says that the Lord Jesus Christ did not take on him the nature of angels. The point is very specific. He did not take on him the nature of angels. He took on him the nature of the seed of Abraham. Flesh, bones, and blood. So that he could die and redeem us. And through death, he destroyed him that had the power of death, the devil. And delivered them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Do you know how you get a widow to thumb a rosary and buy candles at a Catholic church? Because you tell her that if she'll do that, she can spring the soul of her dead husband from purgatory into heaven. Who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. The Lord Jesus Christ delivered us by dying. By dying. The devil may have been clapping 
while Jesus was on the cross. We know he was tearing into him to the best of his ability because it's described in Psalm 22 about the bulls of Bashan and the lion pursuing him while he was on the cross. But on that cross, in his weakest condition ever, he destroyed the devil and made a show of him openly, triumphing over him, triumphing over the devil by his own death to destroy death as a seed of the woman coming out of the weaker sex through the act of cursed childbearing. How exciting. Amen. How wonderful. Matthew chapter 1. Joseph's a little disturbed. Verse 18 tells us that Mary was found to be pregnant and they hadn't come together yet. Looks like she's a fornicator. Joseph, being a just man, he wasn't going to put her away publicly. Thought he'd put her away privately. Verse 19. Verse 20, but while he's thinking on these things, because just men don't make hasty decisions, even when there's great emotion involved, while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, there's that male seed, over and over, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Praise the Lord. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, and then we have a quotation of Isaiah 7.14, where we just were. Joseph was confused. Joseph was in a dilemma, thinking. The angel answers him and explains, Jesus, he should be called Jesus. Jehovah is salvation, because he's going to save his people from their sins. Mary's told the same thing. Call his name Jesus. Look at it. Luke chapter 1. I hope you read it last evening. Call his name Jesus. Because he's the seed of the woman. So many, the, the angels came and announced him about the goodness that had happened to earth, to the elect of God, to be delivered from everything in Genesis chapter 3 by the birth of a baby that was in a manger in Bethlehem. The seed of the woman did not make a glorious entrance into this world but made a glorious departure. And when he comes again, it is going to be infinitely glorious. Oh, oh, oh. Amen. oh, yes. He levitated right out of this earth's atmosphere and straight into heaven bodily. Amen. And he is coming back bodily. But he is coming back in all power and glory with his mighty angels in flaming fire to take vengeance on all them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. How do we obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ? We believe the record that God hath given of his Son. And this is the record that God hath given of his Son, that in him is life. And this is eternal life. 1 John chapter 5. We believe this is the faith that overcomes the world to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. This is the woman's seed. So much more could and should be said. But brethren, listen to what has been said and rejoice that all of the good, all of the horrible things in Genesis chapter 3 are turned into good things. We can come boldly before God. Does it tell us that? In Hebrews chapter 10, because of what Jesus Christ has done, may we come boldly under the throne of grace? Could Adam and Eve come boldly? No, they were sowing fig, they were too busy sowing fig leaves. They were too busy blaming each other. They were too busy hiding behind trees. Can we go boldly? 
do we know we're going to be accepted? If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins because Jesus Christ has paid the price for them. Things have been changed. Praise the Lord. Amen. By the seed of the woman. Look at 1 John 3, 8. 1 John 3, 8. They once accused Jesus that He was casting out devils by the power of the prince of devils. He said, if that's true, then who are your sons casting them out by? <laughs> you get it? Yes. Their sons were doing it with the power of the devil, but not him. Satan's kingdom wasn't divided, but a stronger man had arrived. The seed of the woman. Ooh, those words are painful to the devil. Luke chapter 11. The stronger man had arrived to defeat the strong man and open up his palace and to take you out and me out. We were locked away in there. The key wasn't very big and the cage wasn't very strong because we were there rather willingly. We were by nature the children of wrath. We were walking according to the prince of the power of the air, but the Lord Jesus Christ came and delivered us out of the palace of the devil, just as it had been prophesied in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15 by the seed of the woman. Didn't need a man. I don't need a man. I've laid help upon one that is mighty, Psalm 89. And it's the Lord Jesus Christ. He shall be my firstborn. He shall be greater than the kings of the earth. Psalm 89. Go read it sometime. It's all about the Lord Jesus Christ and as the son of David. In 1 John chapter 3, I just want to read you a little verse here. 1 John 3, 8. He that committeth sin is of the devil. A man that... Per- A man that perpetually continues in sin without conscience, remorse, confession, or repentance shows that he's of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Why did Jesus Christ come into this world? Why did God incarnate himself with a human nature and call it the Son of God? Why did God do that? To deliver us from everything in Genesis chapter 3. And there is a whole lot of horror. And there's a whole lot of pain. And there's a whole lot of death and dying in Genesis chapter 3. But we have been delivered from it by the Lord Jesus Christ to destroy the works of the devil. Do you know what the greatest work of the devil was? To get our first parents to sin, which condemned us by the justice of God according to His own word, to death. And the Lord Jesus Christ has delivered us from it. Do you believe the woman's seed is Jesus Christ of Nazareth? The Son of God? Do you believe the woman's seed has defeated the devil? Has defeated sin, death, and the grave? If you believe it, what have you done about it? If you believe it, have you been baptized? If you believe it, are you a church member? If you believe it, are you living a holy and a righteous life so that you look like Jesus Christ? As we come to the Lord's table, let's glory in the seed of the woman. If a woman had not given flesh and bone to the Son of God, we wouldn't have bread to break to remember His body. If she had not given blood, not her blood, His blood, if she did not have blood... If, she, if he did not have blood from that birth, we would not have a cup to raise to remember his shed blood for our sins. In Hebrews chapter 10, God told very plainly from Psalm 40, sacrifices and offerings, they don't get the job done. But a body 
was prepared for the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's that body that was broken and that blood that was shed that pays for our sins. I hope you see the wisdom of God in coming up with such a plan of salvation. I hope you see the power of God in such a plan of salvation. Chose the weaker sex, the cursed part of her life, and used death to conquer death. A virgin birth, that takes some power. Raising someone from the dead, that takes some power. Praise God for the Lord Jesus Christ, the seed of the woman.